So this is the first Sunday of what is known as Advent, which is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And Advent means arrival. And that's what we are celebrating today and we're beginning over the next few weeks is the Advent season is a time of preparation, a time of repentance that directs our hearts and minds to the anniversary of our Lord's birth on Christmas, but also to the celebration of the fact that He is coming again as He's promised. And it's important to remember this morning as we talk today that Jesus has come as Emmanuel, born in a manger, and He promised that He would come. And just like He promised He would come as the Messiah born in a manger, He has also promised likewise that He will come again for His bride, the church. So we share the hope of celebration in the fact that Jesus was born, but we also share the hope that our Jesus is coming back once again. He has come and will come, and He is faithful to His promise of coming. And as we go through the season of Advent over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at some scriptures that just kind of help us with this in mind, to help us prepare our hearts. And one of them this morning that we're going to look at is in John chapter 1. It's important for us to remember often as believers why Jesus came what He came for. He came to be our Messiah. He came to be our Savior and Lord. And this we know. But Jesus' coming brought so much more than that as well. It brought not only our salvation. It, it brought so much more meaning to our lives and to the gospel and to all of that we need in our lives. And so we're going to begin to just kind of look through some of these scriptures here today. And the one we're going to read this morning is in John chapter 1, a beautiful uh, scripture here today. And we're going to start at verse 4. The Bible says, in him was life. Oh, may we never forget today that in Jesus is life. Some time ago we talked about, as we just pause here for a minute, some time ago we talked about being a, a beacon of life in a world of death where all the headlines are centered around death and destruction and darkness. But here we are as believers, we are people of light, life. So in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. Verse 5 is going to be very important for today. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Speaking of John the Baptist, he came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. And he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. And the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Let's read this verse 5 again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And this is something that's easy for us to understand because it happens to us every day, right? At the when, especially now, with daylight savings times, it's a little bit darker than, early, than normal. And so when we go in our homes at night, it is dark. And immediately when we flip the switch to turn on the light, it dispels darkness and everything in our sight is illuminated. 
But spiritually speaking, this verse has significant impact. As Jesus came to be the light of the world, as he stepped down from heaven onto our dark planet and illuminated light and brightness and light into our lives, and that light is life. And so this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit more about witnesses of the light. Witnesses of the light. The Bible says here in John chapter 1 that there was a man sent from God and his name was John. We're speaking about John the Baptist. And we know that John came as a forerunner to Jesus, one who would prepare the way and make ready the way for Jesus coming into, all of the, and coming into the world. And as he did this, the Bible says that he came as a witness to testify to the light. He came as a witness to testify to the light. And so let's just unpack this morning a little bit what it means to be a witness of the light. And as to do that today, we're going to read in just a few moments from Acts 16. Witness is someone who has a confirmation or they can attest on the basis of a personal knowledge or belief or they have a testimony, a first-hand account of something that is true, that something that they experience is real, that it is powerful, that it is life-changing. And this is what a biblical witness is all about, is you and I, it's not an option, it's, it's who we are as believers. We are witnesses. We know this from Acts 1-8, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. And simply what we are doing is our daily lives are testing to the fact that God has changed my life so much so that I can share the truth that because God has changed my life, I have personally encountered it. I have personally experienced. I know if God changed my life, he could change your life. And so simply as a witness, all we're doing is telling the truth of what has happened in our own life and how we have firsthand experienced God's goodness and sharing it with all of the world. And in this season of Christmas, there, especially in the season that we're in of COVID and variants and all the things that are changing in our world, there is something that our world, we as believers, need a fresh reminder of today, and that is our world is in need of witnesses of the light, witnesses of the truth of the gospel. And to look at this, a better understanding of this, we're going to look at a couple of people this morning in the Bible who lived as witnesses, and this is such a perfect story to demonstrate how the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it, and that's the story of Paul and Silas in prison at midnight. And in Acts 16, 25, the Bible says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was an earthquake. And just for a context here, earthquakes were not uncommon at this time. It wasn't uncommon that there would be an earthquake in this place at this time. But this earthquake just happened to strike at the right time at the right place. It was so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. They came out of the walls. And when the jailer woke up and saw the prisoner's doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now this is important to remember here that the jailer understood that his responsibility was over these prisoners and that the fact that they were loose was his problem now. And so he had to take responsibility for what was about to happen. <clears throat> 
And since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped, Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And notice the irony of the language that happens here. The jailer called for lights. And rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? <clears throat> and they answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And at that same hour of the night, he took them. Watch what he did. He washed their wounds. This was the jailer here. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay, and he brought them up into the house and set food before them. He and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. If there was ever a story to teach us what it means to be witnesses of light, this is the story right here. How powerful and how really the Bible teaches us as Luke right here. He makes allusions to this darkness and to the light that makes its presence here. He talks about that at midnight, of course it's dark, it's midnight. Paul and Silas, they're in prison at midnight. And they begin to sing songs and praise God. But God uses this as a way to bringing this jailer to faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, oftentimes this story is read sometimes outside of its full context. And we miss the meaning of what happens here. That Paul and Silas were not just sent to prison to sing some songs and pray at midnight. They were sent to prison to find somebody's deliverance to testify to the fact that we are witnesses of the light. And this same light can be yours. And so a few things we're going to learn about witnesses of the light here today. Of course, here's Paul and Silas. First off, they were thrown in prison because they prayed for someone who had a demon-possessed problem, delivered her, and this woman was no longer able to provide business to the person who, uh, she was a slave and who had provided business. So they came and arrested Paul and Silas. These men are causing problems, etc., etc., like they always did for Paul and Silas. And now here they are in prison. And the first thing we see about their worship, the first thing we see about their witness, rather, is that their witness, their private worship, brought about a public witness. And this is the truth for us today, is that private worship determines our public witness. The Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. You notice here as you read and you know more about Paul and Silas's life, that praying and singing hymns was not something they just did just because. It was a part of their everyday life. We know that they were men of prayer, men of worship, and here they are, they're just continuing their private practice which had a public effect here in this place. And this is a truth for us that we can learn in this Christmas season as we are witnesses of the light that our private de devotion to the Lord determines our public witness. And what I mean by that is it comes out of our times of being in the Lord's presence, of learning the word, reading the word, praying and seeking God, that it comes out of those times that our public witness is able to overflow and be more effective. It is very difficult to witness when we don't have a relationship with the Lord. It's very difficult to witness when we don't know the very Bible that we attest to. 
It's very difficult and challenging as Christians when we claim to know the Lord Jesus, but we don't have a prayer life and a Bible reading life that demonstrates that in our own uh, private prayer closet. Private worship determines our public witness. And this was certainly the case for Paul and Silas as here they were beginning to just pray and sing. And you know, it could have been supposed that maybe Paul and Silas were praying. One, they were probably praying because they were in pain. The Bible tells us just a few verses before this, they had been beaten with rods because of their supposed crime. And here they are praying and singing hymns to God. Their private worship determined their public witness. The second thing you'll note here today is that the Bible says that they began at midnight. And not only at midnight, this was a time when they were being persecuted, when they were being beaten and abused. And you'll notice here that their witness was consistent. It would be easy for us to, I know for me at least, when I'm not feeling well, when things are not going well, it's easy for me, especially as an introvert, to just be quiet and go hide in a, a room somewhere and not talk to anyone. But here Paul and Silas at midnight in their pain and in their punishment began to pray, began to sing and praise God publicly in such a way that all the prisoners heard it. And it shows us that their witness was consistent in every season of their life. It wasn't when just things were going well. As a matter of fact, very rarely were things going well for the apostles in their times of witness. Most of the times things were going very difficult, very challenging, always faced with opposition but yet their witness was always consistent. And as witnesses of the light, we have been called to be witnesses in all seasons, every seasons, not just seasons where it feels comfortable or convenient, not just when we make plans to be witnesses, but a witness is someone who is able to testify to the truth of something. And a lot of times in our Christian culture that we have today, we've made witnessing a, an event that we participate in instead of a lifestyle that we live. But that is not how God intended witnessing to be. God intended witnessing to be the overflow of who we are as believers. He didn't say, go do an event where you become the light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. He made it plain and explicit that right now our identity as believers is the fact that you are witnesses in who you are as a Christian. And this was their story. Their witness was consistent. They did not plan. They didn't plan this event. They didn't plan to go to jail and be in chains and begin to pray and sing songs. They didn't plan this, but God used their faithfulness to him as a way to witness to this jailer. And this was the story that God wanted to get across in this, is that witnesses are ones who tell the truth of the gospel in all seasons. You'll notice here that they didn't have a pulpit. You'll notice here that they didn't have tracts to hand out. You'll notice here that they didn't have all of the convenient ways that you and I might be accompanied to to witness. What they had was a relationship with the Lord, and that became the substance of their witness. There is something about somebody who knows the Lord Jesus and can testify the fact, hey man, I know what you've been through. 
I know what you're going through. I have been there my own self, and I have determined many times that when I was in that situation, I went to the Lord and prayed, and I found him. When I was lost and I was distraught, I was a sinner. I was on this thing, on that thing, all of these things. But somehow God came and rescued me. That type of story can change somebody's life because it's a story of the truth that says, I have experienced it, and so can you. This is why the world has invented Google reviews and Amazon reviews and every time we purchase something, we read them because there is no better truth than a first-hand account and then when you and I can learn this truth in our own life, we will be more faithful witnesses, not just on Sundays, but every day of our life because it becomes the overflow of our relationship with the Lord. Witness in all seasons, every seasons, in midnight hour, in dark hours. You know, if you read in the Bible, God did some of his best work at night. God did some of his best work in the darkest hours. And this is the truth in our own lives. Witness in every season. They didn't just do it when it was convenience. They witnessed at all times. Perhaps here is where they could have thought their own deliverance was why they were in this prison. Paul and Silas could have thought that we are in prison right now so God could show how wonderful he is and how mighty he is to deliver us. But what God did was even bigger and better than that. It showed them that their deliverance wasn't about their deliverance. It was about this Philippian jailer's deliverance that was about to come. The next thing you see here is that when all of this unfolded, the earthquake and things began to go crazy, you'll see here the Bible says that when the jailer woke up and he saw the prison doors wide open, remember this is at midnight, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself. There are two things here. We know that this is a physical darkness. It's midnight hour. But here we understand a spiritual darkness as well. This man was ready to take his life. And there is really no darker place than when there's this thing about my life isn't worth anything anymore. That's nothing than the work of the enemy to make us feel like our lives are not valuable as creations of God. And so here it was a literal darkness and a spiritual darkness. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, do not harm yourself. We are all here. It's important to note Paul and Silas's integrity here. They could have ran. They could have abandoned ship here. They could have said, we're out of here. No, they said, we're all here. And the jailer, watch what he did. He called for lights. And I know this is, he, he called for literal lights, you know, light the lanterns. Uh, they didn't have electricity, of course. Called for, he called for lanterns, bring them in. Uh, and I know that that's the thing that really happened. But really, it's almost symbolic of what is happening in his soul, that he called for lights, because that's exactly what he does next. He rushing in, he fell down, he trembled before Paul and Silas, and he brought them outside, and he said, Sirs, calling for light, what must I do to be saved? It's the question that is over humanity all of the time, and they answer, believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord in, to him and all who were in his house. And at that same hour in the night, it all happened, unfolded there. And it teaches us here today is that their witness was simple but effective, it wasn't a complicated story. It wasn't a complicated plan. It wasn't this thing or that thing. It was simple but effective. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Their witness was plain. 
And this is how witnesses of the light ought to be, is we have to make our witness plain. Don't complicate the gospel. Don't make it so hard to understand that people can't understand it. What this man needed was how they responded, that he was about to take his life and he, he saw the power of God at work and realized, believe on the Lord Jesus. And in his darkness came light that did what John told us earlier. The light shined in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And it was because they made our witness plain. You'll notice here that he asked a question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? All of us have come to faith in the Lord Jesus in many different ways. We all have our own stories. Some take maybe a years of process of finally coming to a realization. Some might have a momentary realization and experience God's power in such a way that transforms your life. But here, for this man, it was a question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And what's important about this is that the Bible demonstrates here is that he asked a question. And if he asked a question, that means somebody had to respond. And so the question really would have been, what if Paul and Silas were not in this prison at this time? What if Paul and Silas were not here when this earthquake happened, as they commonly did? Not only would he not be asking a question, he would not even be alive. And so this question demands an answer. And this is really how witnessing works in the world, is that our world is full of questions. And we may not always answer them the way that they want or the way that is uh, appeasing to their ear. But the truth is, is that there is nothing more powerful than when we, when we proclaim the word of God to its fullness. The Bible teaches us that the word of God will not return void, meaning that it will go forward and accomplish its purpose that it was sent forward to do. You and our jobs are not to save anybody. Our job is simply being able to answer the question, what must I do to be saved? And the response is, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And it shows us the power of the gospel, that God doesn't need us to complicate the gospel. God doesn't need us to save anybody or act, act like the Savior because Jesus is enough to be our Savior. All we simply have to do is point people to Jesus. Point people to Jesus. Make our witness plain. And a plain witness is someone whose life is simply just a reflection of God's glory and pointing people back to Jesus all the time. That is what a witness is. I know that there's lots of plans and strategies, and they can be helpful at times, but there is no more effective witness than this. Believe on the Lord Jesus. If you could just get somebody to the name of Jesus... It just mention that name to them. And somehow they begin to discover and uncover the power of who Jesus is. That is enough to save somebody. Their witness was simple but effective. What must I do to be saved? And finally, as the musicians come, you'll see here that the thing that happened here, this is one of the most remarkable parts of this whole story, in my opinion. Of course, the prison doors came open. There was an earthquake at the right time, at the right place. All of those things that happened, and it was amazing. But to me, this is the miracle of this story. This is the power of this story, what happens next. And at the same hour of the night, this jailer, he took them, he washed their wounds. The same wounds that he could have been a part of for creating. And then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. Without delay. 
He brought them up into the house. This is the jailer, the same guy who was overwatching them in the guard. He brought them up into the house. He set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Their witness led to God transforming the heart. And this is the last thing I want to leave you with today, is that God uses our witness to reveal himself to the world. Not only himself, but his power to transform. That here was somebody who at one time was faithfully watching over. Hey guys, be quiet back there. Don't say a word. You be quiet in there. Causing pain, causing punishment. But now he's the one running down and kneeling at their feet. What must I do to be saved? And it teaches us what our world needs more than anything in the world is the power of the gospel to transform our heart because somebody whose intentions were evil, whose intentions were wrong, full of malice, was the same person whose life was turned around, who nurtured the gospel, who nurtured their wounds, provided for them, cooked a meal for them, and set them up on so that they could continue to go faithfully witness. Their miracles served Paul and Silas not just to deliver them, but to deliver the jailer and it calls, shows us the truth of the power of what John says in him was life and that life was the light of all people and this light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it and this story in Acts is really what Advent is all about that the light has come the light of the world the light not only came into a literal darkness here at midnight, but it came into a spiritual darkness and dispelled it. And this man's story is the truth of there's a man sent from God. There was a couple men sent from God, Paul and Silas, and they testified about the light so that I might believe. This is what Christmas is really all about is that this light could be discovered in every life around the world that you and I, as we sing songs, as we sing carols, all we do is we become witnesses of the light, that the light has come. And this morning, I just want to encourage you here today that this light, the Bible says, has come into darkness. And you're living in darkness today. I want to tell you today, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved as the church you and I we have witnesses a role a responsibility to be witnesses of the life may we continually this season be faithfully be faithful to that mission we stand with me this morning would you close your eyes with me just right where you're at today I just want to pray with you this morning that this morning you're hearing the story about what happened to this jailer and you feel like that maybe that's your story today. I'm living in darkness. It just seems like there is just this continual darkness in my life. I feel like I try to do things right and they go wrong. I try to do this thing and, it just, and I just feel like what's the purpose of life anymore? But in the middle of all of this, Paul and Silas brought truth that if you'll believe in the Lord Jesus, there is purpose in life because Jesus himself is life. And today you need that life. It's simple. Just like this man asked, what must I do to be saved? 
believe in the Lord Jesus. Open your heart to truly comprehend that he came and died for you. He came born in a manger to show the world that he loves us so much. That all the sins, all the things that are darkness hovering over our lives, he came and bore that upon a cross so that you and I didn't have to live in that darkness anymore. So that we might have peace with God. And today that light is available for you. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Call to him. Ask him today. Repent. I'm sorry, Lord. I need you today. I need you in my life. And for the rest of us here today, oh, how God has called us to be witnesses of the light. Can we just pray this morning, God? Use us, Lord, to be a witness this season. Not just this season, but in all seasons. That people might discover the light that has come into all of the world. And Lord, we thank you today. And we thank you, Father, for your gospel. We thank you, Lord, today that in Jesus is life. And that life is the light of all men. And God, we thank you today. And Father, we pray today that this life, this light would illuminate our lives, Father. That we would no longer live in darkness, Lord. We would put away that life of darkness. But your light would illuminate our lives and bring us into the fullness of life, which is you, Lord. God, help us to have a faithful relationship with you, Lord, that we might live in such a way as witnesses that all the world may know that Jesus has come and he is here for everyone who will call to him and believe in him. So, Lord, today we pray, make us witnesses, Lord. Father, you promised us in your word today that when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. So God, today we ask, send your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we might testify of the truth of the gospel, that all the world might know you are the Lord Jesus promised to us, the hope of the world, the joy that we need. So Lord, come this morning, strengthen us today. Lift up every weary heart today. Any person today, standing here today in darkness, may light come into their life from you, Lord. May the power of the gospel transform their heart, Lord. What might be somebody living one way becomes somebody who is a new creation in Christ. Lord, we thank you today. And we pray, Father, come this morning, Lord. Guide us, use us today as witnesses in Jesus' name. As the choir comes, you need prayer today. We'd love to be able to pray with you today. Feel free to just come forward. Feel free to come stand here today. There's nothing wrong with asking for prayer, whatever's going on in your life. We'd love to be able to join you in prayer. Otherwise, we're going to all join together and sing this morning. Would you lift up your heart today as we trust the Lord?